Hello and welcome to another edition of the PCOS Diva podcast. This is your host, Amy Medling. I'm a certified health coach and I'm the founder of PCOS Diva. And today we are talking to another diva and Robin Sprigley is the hormone diva. She's a holistic nutritionist and women's holistic health coach. And Robin's own journey with PCOS jump-started her passion for helping women replace their anxieties with joy to open possibilities in their lives and break free of hormonal imbalance. So welcome, Robin, to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Well, you know, it's really nice to have a fellow, you know, diva, um, PCOS diva, Um, on the podcast, and I I think that you can really relate um, from your own experience and, you know, working with other women with PCOS with just how women suffer with some of these um, really difficult symptoms to uh, alleviate. And, you know, today we're going to be talking about acne because along with, I think, the hair issues, um, acne is just really tough. You know, I think it um, takes, uh, you know, kind of chips away at our self-esteem and, you know, we just, um, want some, 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 um, I guess remedies and tips and tricks, you know, how to deal with this hormonal type of acne. So, um, that's what we're going to be talking about today. And I'd love if you kind of share your background and your, your PCOS story and how, um, you know, maybe some of these, you know, symptoms like acne have kind of come into play for you. And and then we'll talk about, um, you know, some of your your solutions for us. Absolutely. That sounds great. Yeah, my, my PCOS story, you know, when I think about it now, it's I, I feel like it, it probably started from as soon as I started my period when I was like 12 years old because I never had regular periods. They were always irregular, painful, heavy, uh, and I started getting acne before everyone else when I was around that age. So I was just covered in acne, actually, in my face, my back, my chest, um, just just covered in painful, deep cystic acne. And uh, it wasn't until many years later, after I'd been on the birth control pill for about seven years, and I did go on it for contraception. Uh, it was recommended to go on it for me when I was even younger for, for acne, but I, I chose not to do that at the time. But I eventually did start to take it, and, and after seven years, you know, I was, you know, going along my merry way, but uh, then I learned one day in nutrition school, when I was studying to become a nutritionist, about all the nasties that come with taking the birth control pills. So, you know, potential blood clots and infertility risk and cancer risk and all of this crazy stuff. Uh, And so I thought, you know what, this isn't aligned with the way that I'm trying to live my life, you know, the natural way that I'm trying to live my life. So I decided to stop taking uh, the birth control pill. And it was at this time when, you know, my hormones just went even crazier than they had been in the past. Um, all of the acne that I had managed to get rid of while I was on the pill came back with a vengeance, and it was right back to like I was 12 or 13 years old again. Uh, I gained a lot of weight. My moods were incredibly erratic. Um, I just couldn't control it, like anxiety, roof, uh, depression, like lots of tearful nights, that kind of stuff. And and my hair was falling out, and that was really scary. And so, you know, I went to 
my family doctor, I went to my gynecologist, I'm like, what's going on, can you test me, like, and because I was in nutrition school, I kind of had an inkling that this is what was going on, I was like, you know what, I've heard about this thing called PCOS, do you think it could be that, and the doctors, you know, they did the tests, and at first were saying, no, that's not what it is, you know, the typical markers aren't there, and I had the ultrasound, and, uh, I didn't have any cysts, and that was like the big thing, right? They, if there's no cysts, they didn't want to diagnose me. Um, but eventually, it took me a year, I eventually got my diagnosis of PCOS and really went on a, a natural health binge, if you will, of trying to heal myself and regulate my cycles. And, and a big part of that was trying to deal with my acne because in the past, like birth control pills had helped a little bit. I had been on um, two courses of Accutane throughout my teens, which helped only temporarily. I had tried all the topical creams and antibiotics, you know, that you could possibly think of that doctors and dermatologists and whatever might give you um, and never had a permanent solution. So I was really hoping that, you know, now that I have this answer of PCOS and that that can contribute to to the acne I was experiencing that I was hoping to be able to fix that, and, and I did. Uh, it, although I will say, like, it took me about two years to fully clear my skin up. Um, skin is tough, really tough to, to deal with naturally um, if you don't know, you know, what exactly is causing it. Um, but once I did, it was just amazing, like, not to have to wear makeup, not to be embarrassed about going out and all of that kind of stuff. It, it wasn't anything I'd experienced before, so it was, uh, I was happy that I was able to, to be able to fix my acne over time. Yeah, you know, I think your story, if so many people listening can, can resonate with that. Um, you know, acne was not something that um, was one of the symptoms that I uh, dealt with, but my sister did. My sister also has PCOS, and and um, you know, just seeing her struggle, it's really just um, just heartbreaking. Um, but tell us, um, you know, give us kind of a background of you know what was going on um, hormonally. Uh, you know, I know we know that insulin and testosterone androgens come into play. Um, but kind of looking back, you can kind of, you know, be the, the Monday morning quarterback. You know, what was going on with your hormones? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for my personal hormones, um, it was definitely insulin was a big contributor. Um, I had always had imbalanced blood sugar. Now that I know what to call it, you know, what I was feeling even as a child, um, now I know it was insulin issues. And I think that really contributed a lot. Um, and also, I, you know, the testosterone was a big one because I also experienced the, the hair loss and some of the facial hair growth and, and stuff like that. And uh, my my tests for testosterone and DHEA, um, another androgen, were just off the charts. So I think that really contributed as well. But it really took um, almost an indirect approach because the more that I worked on balancing my stress and so therefore balancing things like cortisol, our stress hormone, um, that is actually when I noticed the most difference in my skin, interestingly enough. So I think that was kind of, you know, insulin can be put out of balance by imbalanced cortisol and stress hormones. So I think uh, that was kind of the, one of the big underlying things for me in, in not being able to control my insulin and testosterone was because of my, my imbalanced stress hormones. 
Yeah, that is so important. I think, you know, I say that stress just really wreaks havoc on women with PCOS because it kind of causes that whole sort of hormonal cascade um, from, you know, increased insulin, decreased progesterone, um, increased uh, testosterone. And, you know, I find a lot of women also with the, the insulin issues, you know, not just the acne, but sort of that that belly fat weight gain, like for a lot of us, the only way that we can really deal with that is to learn how to control our stress. And I think, you know, sleeping more, um, you know, making sure you get eight hours of sleep, kind of having some type of um, way to counteract the stress, you know, whether it's a meditation practice or exercise um, or the right type of exercise that isn't adding to the, you know, the cortisol issue. Um and, you know, reducing sugar and, and diet. Now, to diet um, and changing your diet, um, be, you know, studying um, natural, holistic nutrition, did that really help to alleviate the acne problem for you? Yes, absolutely. Diet was a huge thing. Like, I was born... Um, you know, starting right from the beginning, I was put on soy formula, which we know, you know, can contribute to crazy estrogen stuff happening. And then I grew up on a lot of fast food because both my parents worked. So there was a lot of McDonald's and sugary stuff that came in boxes and stuff. So like right from well, as soon as I was born, essentially having all of that stuff in my body a lot and I would crave it. Like, I used to wake up in the middle of the night and just want, like, a huge glass of juice. Like, it was just sugar, sugar, sugar everywhere. And so once I was able to kind of get that under control a little bit and have my, my blood sugar balance through my diet, so including a lot of fats, once I learned about the, you know, the good reasons why we need to include fats, because I did all those low-fat diets too, right, and, you know, try right. to lose weight and count calories and do all of that kind of stuff, and it just makes things worse. But as I ate better and, and I had a lot more green veggies and healthy fats and uh, good sources of protein, I, I definitely noticed a huge difference in my skin. And I see this time and again uh, clinically as well with my clients. It's you know, self-care, reducing stress, and uh, really paying attention to a blood sugar balancing diet, I think, are, are the two main factors when it comes to healing your skin from the inside out. So what about dairy? Um, I know that I, I really do not recommend um, a lot of dairy for for PCOS divas, and I think that a lot of people who have acne issues um, seem to eat a lot of dairy, and that you know, you know it raises insulin. Um, but then I think the hormones from dairy too was that something that you removed from your diet when you know your skin started to clear up? Um, interestingly, no. I while I'm not like you, a huge proponent of a lot of dairy in the diet, I still have it. You know, sometimes, um, and it doesn't mm-hmm. seem to at this point bother my skin. Uh, I find that more. Um, sugar, like processed sugar products, bother my skin more than the dairy. But for a lot of women, the dairy is really bad um, because it will, you know, besides upsetting the insulin balance, which you just mentioned, it will also help to uh, increase testosterone um, in in your body as well. And a lot of people can't digest it, and so there goes your gut, right? And and if your gut's poor, then you're going to have bad skin as well. So uh, there's a couple, you know, uh, cons to using dairy as a food every day and I, I agree with you like a lot of them will 
have dairy a lot, and I find that it's almost like addicting sometimes. Like they have cravings for it. Like they just can't give up cheese or do these kind of things. Um, but once you kind of get that insulin under control, it's a little bit easier to give up the dairy, I find. Yeah, and, and also, you know, that casein um, protein in cheese can act kind of like an opiate. Um, it's like a casomorphine um, and acts like an opiate in our brain receptors. So it triggers those cravings. So, yeah, when people say they're addicted to cheese, um, mm-hmm. you know, biologically there really is something to that. Um, and it's, it is hard to give up cheese. Um, but you had mentioned the gut. So tell us more about how, you know, healing the gut and, and can help sort of heal your, your acne and, and give maybe some tips on, on gut healing. Absolutely. So it's really, really important to heal your gut when it comes to acne or at least improve it. And you might not even think you have like gut issues because gut issues don't always show up just in like diarrhea or constipation or stomach upset or any of that kind of stuff. Like the symptoms can show up everywhere, especially on your face. Um, And a lot of it comes down to um, one not having a good bacterial balance, so not having enough of those beneficial bacteria, those probiotics that people have heard of these days, you know, having too many bad bacteria can really upset the balance. And there are so many, like trillions of bacteria in our in our body and in our gut. There's more of them than there are of us, our human cells. And so if they're upset, then things are just going to go crazy in our body. And, and they really help to modulate our immune system and our endocrine system. So it's really important to have a good balance there. So probiotics and fermented foods can be really, really helpful uh, in bringing back that balance. And then the other aspect of, you know, poor gut health and acne, what I find is uh, poor absorption. So if you don't have enough stomach acid or enough um, digestive enzymes happening uh, when you're eating food, then you're not going to be breaking it down and you won't be absorbing all the wonderful nutrients and antioxidants and all of that good stuff that really help to keep our skin and our hormones uh, in balance as well. So it's really important to kind of pay attention to these two things when it comes to uh, healing the gut um, and, and helping with acne. I did mention like taking probiotics or fermented foods can be really helpful when you're trying to do the bacterial balance um, And then there are things that you can do um, to heal your gut and help increase your your stomach acid and increase your enzymes And uh, besides the fermented foods. And so uh, some raw foods can be helpful with this, sprouts especially. Um, Apple cider vinegar raw, of course, unpasteurized, which is also really good for insulin balance, interestingly enough, can help uh, heal your gut as well. It's got... um, a lot of good enzymes in there and really helps with uh, with low stomach acid and if you're not breaking down proteins and all of that good stuff as well. So even taking like a little bit of that before your meals can be helpful uh, in healing the gut. But generally with gut healing, I, I start with, you know, removing those offending foods. So the dairy, you know, sugar, some women are sensitive to gluten, any other sen- sensitivities or allergies that they might have, getting rid of processed foods and the chemicals and all of that stuff to really give your digestive system a break. And then maybe introducing some of those things like probiotics, fermented foods, apple cider vinegar, or other digestive supplements. Yeah, so um, two two things that I wanted to um, ask you about. Um, first mm-hmm. was like fermented foods. If somebody has never um, really ventured out beyond yogurt, 
for fermented foods? What do you suggest? Well, there's just so many out there. Um, I'm much a bigger fan of like the uh, not the drinkable ones, so not necessarily kombucha. Some people have um, problems with that, and it can maybe flare up some candida or yeast if you have that. But like edible ones, so sauerkraut is really good. And of course, when you're looking for these fermented foods, um, just as an aside, you want to make sure you're getting them in the refrigerated section so that you know they're truly fermented and they're not full of sugar and vinegar and stuff um, because then you're not getting any probiotics at all. But uh, just to watch out for that. But sauerkraut is really great also because, you know, sauerkraut has cabbage and cabbage helps to detoxify estrogen, which is a kind of double bonus for women with PCOS um, to use sauerkraut. Pickled beets, you know, actual pickles like pickled cucumbers are awesome. Any kind of fermented food like that. Um, kefir or kefir, depending on how you want to say it, can be good. You can get that made out of coconut milk. So if you're not doing dairy, I find that that one's usually pretty good. It's got a really nice variety of different probiotics in it. Um, but anything at all that you can find like that, like even yesterday I was at a Whole Foods and I found a fermented like tomato salsa, like instead of the jarred type. And I was, I'm very excited to give it a try. So there's like a whole bunch of different types of things that you can try. Um, Kimchi as well, which is like an Asian kind of sauerkraut. It's a little bit spicy. So, you know, just having a few things like that in your fridge can be uh, helpful to just include with a couple of your meals throughout the day. Yeah, I actually take it sort of medicinally. Um, I have it in my fridge. And my favorite brand, you can get it here in New Hampshire at Whole Foods. It's called Micro Mamas. I'm not, a, I'm not sure if it's readily available across the U.S., but... Um, their sauerkraut, I think, is the best that I've tasted. I'm not, and I'm not a huge sauerkraut fan. Um, but I can, t I take a, like a couple forkfuls every day, um, and think of it kind of like taking my probiotic. It's sort of like a medicinal. Um, so yeah, sauerkraut I think is is a great um, place to start. So, you know, you mentioned food intolerances, and um, you know, I really think that that if you are intolerant to a food, um, it's causing the body, you know, a lot of inflammation. And, you know, PCOS is essentially sort of this state of chronic inflammation. Um, you know, and I think not only does, um, you know, lessening the inflammation in your body because you're getting rid of some of these foods that you're intolerant to, you know, it's going to also help with the acne as well. Um and, you know, I just did this really fantastic food uh, panel, food allergy panel by KBMO Diagnostics. And I just found out that I am um, highly allergic to eggs and something that I was really adding a lot into my diet. And I've noticed that by removing them, my energy level has gone up. So you know, anyone that's really suffering from acne, I, I recommend getting a food allergy panel done. Um, something like the KBMO diagnostics, um, you know, to find out what foods you're allergic to. Is that something that, um, you know, you've seen with your clients as well? Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes I find that the foods we're sensitive to are often the ones we're eating a lot of, um, <laughs> which is kind of, kind of sucks a lot of the time, but it's, it's true. And, uh, you know, removing those and, and doing some gut healing can be really, really helpful with acne. But I will say, though, that um, what I find is that women who have 
food sensitivities or allergies that are contributing to their acne are generally having acne in um, different places or in addition to that common area of hormonal acne, which is around like the chin and jawline. Um, but if you're having it elsewhere, like on your cheeks, on your forehead, your nose, uh, your upper lip, that kind of thing, I find that that um, is a lot more linked to the food sensitivities. Not to say that the, the chin jawline hormonal acne isn't, because if you're eating things that are disrupting your hormones, then certainly that will contribute that way. But as far as like a direct contribution to acne, I find um, like if you have it in those other areas of the face, then it might be a good thing to look into one of those tests just to see what's going on. Oh, that's an interesting insight. Um, you know, when you look at sort of the areas of, of your face, I know um, I've often taken a look at some of those Chinese medicine face maps. Are you familiar mm-hmm. with? Mm-hmm. Um, so they kind of map, you can find them online, but it's it's kind of like the theory in Chinese medicine where your acne is, like what kind of organ, what organ it corresponds with your body. Um, and, you know, a lot of acne is associated with liver and kind of like a clogged liver in Chinese medicine. You know, what what's your thoughts on detoxification um, and doing like a gentle cleanse or in order to kind of help clear clear your acne? And, and do you think that some of the, the acne is kind of associated with, um, you know, our bodies not being able to process toxins well. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I 100% agree with that. The liver is very, very important uh, to pay attention to, especially when it comes to acne. Um, and that often will indicate, like, poor gut function, too, if your liver is really sluggish or or, or bunged up with toxins. Um, I think it's really important. Like, it has played a huge role in my own healing uh, doing detoxification when it comes to my skin, especially. Um, I generally do like one or two uh, sort of more gentle cleanses um, throughout the year. And, and I find that helps to keep some equilibrium going for myself. And, and when I was first starting to balance my PCOS and, and trying to get rid of the acne naturally, I think that really helped as well because, you know, besides um, helping your liver, if you're using targeted supplements or foods to detoxify, you're also giving your digestive system, your gut, a break, um, which I find is, is helpful sometimes so that it can kind of reset and you can give it lots of nutrients so that it can rebuild itself a little bit. So there's many good points to to doing some cleansing when it comes to PCOS and acne. Yeah, you know, I really like to do a spring and fall kind of cleanse, um, and sometimes even after the holidays, if I've gotten off track. Um, and you know, I have a, a new, as uh, I call it, the Sparkle program, and it's a whole food functional, uh, functional food based cleanse, and you know, really gentle, but a great way to kind of get your um, give your liver a break and your digestive system a break. So, um, you know, it's something to think about if you are, you know, dealing with um, skin issues because that sometimes can be a sign of toxicity. Uh, so, mm-hmm. Robin, tell us what, if you feel like you have, like, that jawline acne, which could indicate, you know, an underlying hormonal imbalance um, like PCOS, you know, what are some things that listeners could do to help balance their hormones and clear their skin? Can, you know, maybe we could talk, we talked a little about internal, the probiotics, the fermented foods. Um, but what about topical remedies or um, any other tips you have? 
For sure. So yeah, all of the basics that we've talked about are really important. So managing your stress, making sure you're getting um, a blood sugar balancing diet with good amounts of uh, protein and fat and fiber and, and doing anything else that you can uh, internally, like fixing your gut, probiotics, all of that good stuff. When it comes to topical, and I know this is um, important because a lot of women strictly do topical for their skin and we kind of have that mindset of, you know, treating the symptom right there, but internal is just as important as topical. But when it comes to topical, of course, it's really important to avoid any kind of harsh chemicals or cleansers, products with like soap or weird like stuff that's going to strip the natural oils from your skin because you don't want to do that either, right? You need that protection on your skin so you don't have more uh, bacteria and stuff growing on there that might contribute to your acne a little bit. So going as natural as possible is really great. Uh, and what I usually like to recommend for women who are just starting into this, you know, changing over from their chemical-based products into something more natural is something that I use myself and it has just made the biggest difference in the texture and the look of my skin. Uh, I use it as a cleanser, but you could also use it like once a week as a mask if you leave it on longer. And it's simply a mix of uh, ground cinnamon powder and honey, unpasteurized raw honey, local if you can get it. Uh, and that's it. You mix the two together and you just kind of rub that on your face. It's got a very gentle exfoliating action so you don't need to press too hard with your fingers. Um, and both the cinnamon and honey have a lot of good benefits for them in terms of um, improving acne and uh, reducing any pathogens that might be on the skin, but without stripping the beautiful natural oils that you need on your skin as well. So I think that can be a really, really good starting point. And like I said, that can be used daily as a cleanser, uh, massaged gently and then rinsed, or you know, you leave it on for 10 or 15 minutes once a week as a nice acne-fighting mask. Oh, that's, that's great. I'm, I'm going to try that this week for sure. So um, what about spot treatment? Do you subscribe to, like, salicylic acid or, um, you know, what would you use to kind of treat what, what you already have? For sure. So I find that some of the spot treatments work and some don't. I get asked a lot about tea tree oil and how, you know, whether that would be good as a spot treatment. And in theory, yes, because it has all the properties that you'd want. But what I found with most of my clients is that it either doesn't really do anything or it maybe it does, but it also causes more like redness or even burning on the skin because it is very concentrated. So, you know, it might be worth a try, but again, it might not work. My favorite thing right now for spot treatment is um, a product by a company called Yonka. That's Y-O-N-K-A. Uh, it's available online. I, I get it locally here as well. Um, I think they're out of France or something. And they have a product called, uh, oh, which one is it? The Juvenile Serum. And that is their uh, version of a spot treatment. And I have been using this now for probably nearly a year on little spots that I get. And uh, it's just been amazing. It's uh, natural. They use a lot of essential oils in their formulas. So um, it's, it's a lot more gentle than some of the, you know, drugstore products that you might be buying, but that doesn't mean that it's any less effective. So I really like the Juvenile Serum by Yonka for a spot, a spot treatment. Do you use their other products for cleansers, or, or are you just kind of cleansing with the honey mask? 
Uh, yeah, I've never used any of their cleansers. All I use is the cinnamon and honey to wash my face. That's it. Uh, I have used one of their other products, which is called Cream 15. So it's more of a cream that you'd put all over your face or your back or your chest, wherever the acne's happening, to help reduce it. So the Juvenile is more of like your spot treatment or a little bit more strong uh, in its action. And then the Cream 15 I found um, really beneficial, just as an all-over kind of face cream, acne-fighting cream after cleansing. Uh, we're, we're losing you, um, Robin. Is that better? I think we have a better. better? Yeah, that's much better. Okay. okay. Um, um, so, so any other other ideas for for divas? Um, I mean, you've given us given us a lot of ideas for treating acne. Mm. Yeah, I've got a um, one more thing that I would mention, and because I get asked a lot about uh, like moisturizers and stuff, because women will say, "Well, my face is so oily, but I also get dry patches, or it feels tight after I after I use a cleanser or I wash my face, and what should I be putting on my face, and will it clog my pores, and all of that." So I have one, and. Uh, I really like it because it's one ingredient. It's just an oil. Uh, it's rosehip seed oil. And I really like this as a moisturizer for the skin because it, it's not complicated. It's just the one thing. There's no weird chemicals. And also, it's a very, very light oil. So it's not going to clog your pores. It's not going to make your face super oily like an oil slick for the rest of the day because you've put oil on your face or anything like that. And it's got some nice nutrients in there, too. So if you're looking for a really light, um, something to put on your face just after your cleansing, um, to help maybe even put a nicer base before you put your makeup on so it goes on really smoothly. I like rosehip seed oil. Oh, that's interesting. Um, so a far cry from the Accutane and antibiotics that you were using earlier. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, um, so you also work with women um, that deal with endometriosis and PMS, and maybe you could tell us a little bit about your practice and um, how people can um, learn more about what you do. Absolutely. So I work with women one-on-one uh, -on -one through private coaching and through my uh, online program, the 21-Day Happy Hormones Diet, which the aim of, you know, of that is to help women determine what they should be eating and how they should be eating and, and how they can really uh, include healthy amounts of self-care in their lifestyle to create happy hormones. Um, and you know, both of those are available. You can check it out on my website, but I would love to invite the women who are listening to connect with me, join my community, and they can do that with this challenge that I've just uh, released, and it's called the Seven Day Happy Hormones Challenge, and it's basically back to basics. Every day, you'll just get one new healthy habit to include in your life that will bring you towards the happy hormones that you're trying to achieve, and they can find me, and they can find the challenge all at uh, www www.thehormonediva.com forward slash challenge. Great, and we will post that link at the bottom of um, the podcast. So thank you so much, Robin, for, for joining us and, and sharing your experience dealing with um, PCOS hormonal acne. Um, I know that what, what we've learned from you today is really going to help a lot of divas. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed being here. 
Well, and thank you everyone for listening. And I think that this is podcast number 49. So there's lots more interviews with experts on iTunes or you can access them from my, from my site, uh, pcusdiva.com. Well, I enjoyed being with you today and I look forward to joining you again on the podcast soon. Bye-bye.